Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Dugout.UK football podcast. Uh, I'm Ollie Coulson, your co-host. I'm back after a week ab- after a week's absence last week, uh, where my other co-host uh, Lee Tootle fills in. So, Lee, how are you this evening? How was last week? Um, I, I'm all right. It were um, it were different last week. Um, I think um, ha- Sam said afterwards it was just kind of um, square pegs, really, wasn't it? I were doing your bit and Sam were doing mine. So, um, but I, th- I think it went all right. Could have been worse. Um, yeah. Although I think in Sam's tweet advertising the episode, he said, um, or oh, you can just wait until next week where Ollie's back and I wouldn't even blame you. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought, I thought you lads did really, really well in my absence. Uh, but um, getting on to what we're going to be discussing this week, uh, we're going to be discussing the ever changing landscape at Newcastle United. Um, who since their takeover a few weeks ago and then sacking Steve Bruce two, about two weeks ago now, it's just been a bit of a mess, really. Um, also, some of the other big news stories this week, uh, Antonio Conte at Tottenham Hotspur, um, one of the fastest managerial appointments in recent memory in the Premier League, for me at least. Um, we're also going to be discussing the England squad, uh, which came out today um, on the day of recording, as well as previewing some of the weekend's football, including the Greater Manchester rivalry match. Uh, because as we all know, Manchester United aren't from Manchester. They're from Knew you were going to get that one in. Had to get that one in. You know what I'm like. I'm petty and it's Derby week. Anyway, let's get straight on with it. Uh, Newcastle. Uh, as I said, Steve Bruce sacked two weeks ago. Um, Graham Jones, he's now ex-assistant manager. He's the caretaker, taking charge of a one-all draw um, to Crystal Palace and then a 3 0 loss to Chelsea. Um, the new owners had hope and had kind of made it clear to Graham Jones when Bruce was sacked that they wanted a new manager in by this weekend for the fixture against Brighton away. Um, and to be fair, they need one soon. They're sat 19th in the league, only Norwich worse than them, only got four points. Um, which, as we all know, 36 points from Vic, from being safe from relegation, the infamous 40-point mark. Um, they did actually get it down to a shortlist, um, so a lot of the links have stopped. They were linked with Unai Emery of VRL at the start of the week, uh, famous in the Premier League for his um, kind of interesting spell at Arsenal uh, a couple of seasons ago. Um, it was not a good evening uh, when he got sacked, oh, but... Dear. It was a good evening for him in the Champions League uh, last night uh, as he won 3-0 to Young Boys. And then after the match, in put out a statement saying, I'm staying at Villarreal, I'm grateful for the opportunity, but I'm more I'm more grateful to be here at Villarreal. So that leaves them with their number two choice, Eddie Howe. Um, we spoke about Eddie Howe a few weeks ago, didn't we, Lee? Um, it's not the most inspiring of appointments if it's to be him. And we can't forget with Eddie, he's rejected a few jobs since uh, leaving Bournemouth. Um, it'll be in last yeah. summer now. Uh, he was linked very highly with the Celtic job, turned it down at the last minute, uh, linked very highly with the Crystal Palace job, pulled out at the last minute of that one. Um, this does kind of feel like the one he's been waiting for, though. Um, talk to me. Castle. Uh, <laughs> I mean... I think he's a perfect transitional manager for him. You know, I think... Um... There were rumours about Conte. Everyone kind of knew it wasn't going to happen. But, you know, the, the other names that were mentioned, like Favre, um, Fonseca, yeah. Emery beforehand, you know, um, Diego Martinez, quite a lot of, you know, Eric Ten Hag, big managers who ha- aren't proven or experienced at keeping teams up. 
Eddie Howe completely rebuilt Bournemouth, so he's there for the rebuild, and he um, he kept them up playing very nice football for a few seasons. So um, I think he's what Newcastle fans have been crying out for, a manager who can keep clean sheets, but also, you know, actually put some entertainment out on the pitch. And he's also, you know, he knows Ryan Fraser played played under him. Callum Wilson played under him. You know, he he, he knows a a few of the key players in the team. So... um, Richie as well, who's vice Richie, captain. yes. I knew there were one I'd forgotten. I just didn't know which one it was. <laughs> That's why I said the others. House is an interesting one. You know, started with Bournemouth as an assistant coach. Um, they had that disastrous season where I think they were starting start, in league to minus 17 points or something. Um, got them to the Premier League within, I think, five years and then kept them in the Premier League for four or five seasons um, with only one short spell a year at Burnley uh, and then he went straight back to Bournemouth. Um, he's a really good manager and, he's, and, and that track record is kind of what Newcastle are looking for. I mean, he's been someone who's been linked with that job pretty much since the day Steve Bruce took it, um, you know, which is kind of crazy to think about, but um, it, it just has, it's been a bit of a mess for the new owners getting there and getting, getting to this point. Um, just to, um, you know, d- dive in as well here, um, 11 minutes ago, um, it came out that he's agreed in principle two and a half year deal to become the manager as Eddie Howe so it's pretty much done and dusted well I mean they were saying that about Emery not last night but the night before that's um, true so we, we don't true. know um, I'm sure I'm sure by the time this comes out he'll have probably been announced or it'll be all over Sky News and it'll be uh, that fella off Sky News Sky Sports News standing outside St James's Park as he, as he has been for not two, three years now. The <laughs> um, Keith Downey, uh, fair play to him. But moving on to another managerial situation, and probably the more important one of the week. Um, last Sunday, uh, Nuno Espirito Santo and his Spurs team lost three 0 to Manchester United, relieving a lot of the pressure on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but piling it on to Nuno Espirito Santo. Um, on Monday morning, he was sacked by Spurs after only four months in the job. He was. As we all know, they're about ninth choice, ninth manager they've been in contact with over the summer, um, playing absolutely dire football, only survived 10 Premier League games. Um, a lot of people saying he's Mourinho's successor in more ways than one, which is um, a pretty damning statement. And then on Tuesday, they announced Antonio Conte. Uh, you know, this is, and it's Antonio Conte. You know, this is a manager with an absolutely outstanding CV. Um, won titles at Juventus and Chelsea and Inter Milan was the Italy manager got them to the quarterfinals of Euro 2016 um, playing a very uh, actually quite attractive style of football at a lot of those clubs um, you know he's quite attack focused and I th- and, I th- and that's what um, Daniel Levy spoke about before so what do we think Conte at Spurs I mean he's managing his first game in about 10 minutes so we obviously don't know go on yet but... he can't be any worse than Nuno or Mourinho were and, you know the, the bar's been set very low since Pochettino left on it but um, mm. no I think he's a he's a proven winner I still think it'll take him a couple of seasons to get them back competing for top four and yeah stuff. I mean it's... they do seem a fair way off it at the minute mm-hmm. but um, you know he's, he's proven in the Premier League he was brilliant at Chelsea Um you know, it was brilliant at Inter. Um, I don't think he was happy with them selling the key players and stuff in the summer. I think that was why he ended up leaving. 
um, wasn't happy that they let Lukaku and Hakimi go so easily. But, um, you know, Tottenham aren't, for what, they don't spend a lot, but they're not exactly a selling club either, either. You know, you, you don't see many big transfers out of Tottenham. I mean, well, since Gareth Bale, um, obviously, which was the like, probably the last massive name to leave. Yeah, I think you're right in saying that. Um, so, you know, they've, they've got a good base for a team there. Players like, um, you know, Hoiberg, Oli Skip. You look at what Conte wants in a midfield, you know, them two and Ndombele, and you just think that that could very well, um, well, that, could, that team could do very well under him. Um, they're just... Yeah. Speaking of the team he could play, I mean, we've got his first <clears throat> for his game for the game in the Europa Conference League against Vitesse tonight. Um, a back three, um, Larissa's keeper, back three of Eric Dyer, Christian Romero, and Ben Davies. Uh, wing backs in Emerson Royale and Sergi Regulon. Midfield of Skippin Hoiberg, as you were, as you were suggesting there, with Lucas uh, Son and Kane up front. Um, whether that's a three four. Three or Kane will be dropping in kind of a 10 roll with Lucas and Son running beyond him into a more traditional Conte 3-5-2. We don't know yet, but um, he said something interesting in the pre-match programme, which I've got written down here. Um, People always ask me about coaching philosophy. Mine is simple. Work hard to be competitive and try to win. Also important to have a balanced team and play good football for the fans. And that means having possession. I mean, it's what a lot of new managers, when they come into a new job at the big clubs, say, we want to play good football. We want you know, to do well for the fans, work hard. Um, you know, it's, and it speaks more towards the Tottenham DNA that Daniel Levy was on about in the summer, free-flowing, attacking football, the Spurs way. Um, you know, and it seemed a bit empty platitude when he hired Nuno, who is just this dire seven, seven, men, in the, seven men back and have a few fast forwards. When you mentioned his um, comments before the match, I thought you were going to talk about the um, very highly quoted line about um, players' behaviour off the pitch the other day then. Um, He said, um, I I advise my players to um, have sex for short periods with minimum effort with their partners on top and preferably with their wives so they're not obliged to put in an exceptional performance. They need to make as little effort as possible. I mean, (laughs) I don't know if that's something he actually told them or if he was just trying to, you know, make an analogy, but... I really hope that's true. Um, A quick little tangent, it reminds me a couple couple of years ago in a press conference with um, Guardiola at City. Uh, I I can't remember who it was who asked him, but it's a journal that gets on my wick. That's all I can remember. And he's saying... That narrows it down to everyone. Pretty much, and but the journal asked it, asked Pep da- Danny Alves has said this week playing under you at Barcelona is better than sex. And Guardiola just laughed and said, I prefer the sex. So I think that kind of sums up two different philosophies. There. <laughs> um, uh, but I, th- I think Conte will go well at um, uh, Spurs. I mean, I think it's interesting that they hired him so fast after you know the farce that was this summer of Spurs looking for a manager. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this straight. I'm gonna put this question straight to you. Do you think they hired him so fast just to avoid United getting him? You know, Soul Shock and yes. I mean, it does seem that way, doesn't it? If if the if they kept Santos uh, Nuno for a couple more months and United sack Ollie, they'd be shitting themselves. Because who else is there? 
yeah, there, there's not, there's not many managers. Well, there's no one available in the market. Really. Eddie Howe to Tottenham. <laughs> I mean, he's been linked with it as he has been with every other job. He might yeah. just, have, just have a very good agent. Who knows? <laughs> uh, uh, there was, was anything else? I'm just reading my notes here just to make sure. Um, but yeah, uh, he's he's. It's been said behind the scenes that there wants to be a specific focus on improving the fitness of the Tottenham players. I mean, this is one thing uh, the ex-manager Maurizio Pochettino was praised highly for was the fitness of Tottenham. They they ran the most, covered the most distance. He, he said he got a lot of his uh, methods from when he played under Bielsa, didn't he, Pochettino? It's very much the same kind of philosophy on how they train and off the ball work. You'll know a hell of a lot about that, you know, yeah. being the team in the league. Because um, I think Leeds were topping those stats uh, last season. Yeah, um, Spurs under Pochettino were topping them before that, um, and they'll want to get there under Conte. And and that just shows you know how bad Mourinho was for Spurs because he kind of ruined that whole philosophy. <laughs> and you know, ruined. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Jose, Jose, Jose. Uh, but we will move on to the England squad. Um, everyone's favourite topic um, to discuss. Um, obviously, November internationals uh, coming up uh, after this weekend's fixtures um, with Albania at Wembley and San Marino away. It's not the most challenging, but England, I think they need one more win or a draw, just one result to qualify for the World Cup. Um, they're leading the group at the moment, but the squad is called up. Um, Sam Johnson, Jordan Pickford, Aaron Ramsdale, no surprises there. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold is in for Kieran Trippier um, as Southgate wants to give uh, Alexander-Arnold and Reese James opportunities at right back. Harry Maguire returns in place of Fakata Mori. Um, Calvin Phillips returns to the squad. Jude Bellingham returns to the squad after a self-imposed break um, to focus more on his fitness. Um, Trippier, uh, as I said, yeah, Kieran Trippier out. Uh, Jesse Lingard and Jaden Sancho out on the basis they haven't played enough. Um, I'm just scanning the squad in my, on the page now just to make sure I haven't missed anyone. Uh, and um, yeah, I think that's everyone. Um, it's very safe from Southgate, isn't it? Not, not, not many surprises. It's um, the most Gareth Southgate England squad I think I've seen. Yeah, except Trippier. Yeah, only three right backs. <clears throat> yeah, but it, <sighs> Tyrone Mings dropped by Villa who are on the same points as Leeds who everyone thinks are going down you know he's been dropped by a team that's in the same position as Leeds and I think that's <laughs> very telling um what you're saying is Charlie Cresswell for England then <laughs> <laughs> that is not what I'm saying he's probably about as qualified off this season now but if- in all seriousness I'll look at Connor Cody and Tyro Mings and then I'll look at Ben White and possible thank god free and it's like that Esri Konza you know I mean I, I do I do get it I do get where, when Southgate says I'm what I want to trust in the players who've got us through the Euros fair enough in the what two games Tyrone Mings played alongside John Stones he was a decent he's putting decent performances but Connor Cody didn't play what was he you know what was Connor Cody doing at the Euros he was just standing was he was he just there cheering him on supposedly moral support what the hell is what the hell is the point in calling up? You know when if he's going to play in these games, if they don't trust <clears> him <throat> to come in in the Euros, which they obviously didn't, 
because I, I don't know what your opinion is. I think Connor Cody's a better defender than Tyrone Mings, but I, that, I don't think he's a great defender anyway. Yeah. Uh, and when you've got talents like, you know, Ben White, as you were saying, Esri Conser, um, and so many more. I mean, you could argue three of the four cent well, actually, all four of the centre backs don't really deserve a call at this time around because I love <laughs> yeah. Jim. He's barely played for City. Um, thanks to injuries, he got an international duty. Well, lovely disaster class for the own goal last night. Not that it were his fault. Not that it was his fault at all. But um, yeah, it's not. It's not a great way to uh, get your first Champions League appearance of the season. And, um, another one on that though. Um, Steve Holland in the summer said that Connor Cody was England's player of the tournament. Fuck off. Um, but. I want to I want I want to quickly touch on Harry Maguire um, because he is putting in disaster class after disaster class after disaster class at the moment. Um, he, I mean, he, he's slow. He is the turning circle of um, the double-decker bus. Um, he's useless at organising a back a back line, um, and he's Manchester United captain, which is brilliant for me, but it's horrible for England because you watch him and you just think, what the hell are you doing? Every single time, and when and you know, I look I look at that and I think, right, Max Kilman should be in the squad. He's performed, he's performed brilliantly for Wolves over the past eighteen months. He's a left-footed centre back, which obviously is what Southgate wants. So get Mings out, put Kilman in. There you go. That's one. Tamari, Tamari, yeah, to, Ficar, Does he have a call up this time. No, he's been dropped, so he gets called up. Sick Southgate. I think one game. Yeah, but do, well, you want to play a back three, Tamari. He's quick. I'd oh. it'd, be, it'd be ideal for it. Um, I'd, I'd take T- Tarkovsky. Yeah. <laughs> really been one of the most. Lewis Dunk. Yeah. You know, any of those bright. E- Esri, Esri Konza, maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe not. Ben White. Ben White should definitely be in there. But um, we were speaking about this off. Um, I'm just getting really angry looking at all these English centre backs that haven't been called up. Um, well, let's get even more angry about the goalkeeping situation because oh, I think this, this is just, it's just not good, is it? No, no one can complain about Jordan Pickford <clears throat> being brilliant for England for a number of years now. And he has faced off pretty much every challenger he's had to that role. Aaron Ramsdale has been in brilliant form for Arsenal over the past, you know, six, seven weeks um, and has basically taken that, taken that number one spot and made it his own. Um, with that wonder save at the weekend against Leicester, uh, Madison's free kick. Um, but we were talking off camera about Sam Johnston. He's in the championship um, when there's other keepers who aren't in the championship and who are in the Premier League, or in the case of Etienne Green, in a top five league in Europe. And yet Sam Johnston still gets called up. I mean, I get, I get, as I said earlier, I get Gareth Southgate's points st- staying in the old place from the Euros, but he's in the Championship. He's facing Luton. He's facing Blackpool. He's facing Blackburn. When, Not you know, very got, good, is it? I mean, Nick Pope in the Premier League, um, widely considered one of the best keepers in England. Um, one of the, Probably the second best. In- Occasionally the best for his club, to be fair. Um, Joe Hart, you know, we yes. <laughs> Yes, he's an elder statesman, but he's been brilliant for Celtic up there. Um, and Cel- and but you know, I, I think unfortunately you can apply the Sam Johnston argument to that. Yeah, but the playing same against t- Dundee. But at the same time, you know, 
Joe Hart is a is is the man with a lot of experience. Whoever comes, you know, whoever comes in to replace Sam Johnson is technically third choice keeper for England. So yeah. why would you pick someone with masses, massive amounts of international experience, especially for Aaron Ramsdale's sake? You know, you know, yes, it's all well and good being behind Jordan Pickford, but Jordan Pickford's only been around the last three or four years, England-wise. He's not the most experienced international keeper we have available. So why not use, why not tap into Joe Hart, I would say, and kind of use his experience to improve the England goalkeepers. What about if we're talking about older goalkeepers, Ben Foster, who's Um, still playing in the Premier League? Wouldn't love to see that. You wouldn't? I would love, no, I said who would would. love to see that. Who wouldn't love to see the cycling GK back at England? Because he had a very kind of, sad end to his international career under Capello, didn't he, really? He he came back, didn't he? He Under Roy Hodgson, um, and he allowed him to play in a dead rubber game. But like he said, that were the best, he said that was like the best day of his life, playing for England, even though it meant absolutely nothing. Um, But yeah, it it would be nice. The thing I love about Ben Foster is you can just see he's got such an infectious love for the game. He just loves, he just loves playing football. Um, and for what it's worth, I've, re- I've really enjoyed him being, just being back in the Premier League. He's one of the kind of characters of the league. Um, There's also Fraser Forster and McCarthy. Who are re- I, I forget which one's starting for him at the minute, but one of them is. Yeah, which one of them is. And they're both Premier League keepers, so therefore they're better. And I think they're both better than Sam Johnson anyway. Carl Darlow. Um, yeah, Carl Darlow, Premier League keeper. I mean, any, even Freddie Woodman. I don't care. Just I, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Not Sam Johnston, and not just not Sam Johnston. Um, but I mean, we'll, we'll quickly wrap up this discussion because I mean, Southgate's dropped Sancho and Lingard because they're not playing enough or the form is bad. But then he calls up Harry Kane and he calls <laughs> Sterling. And I get it, you know, these are two monumentally important plays for England. And I'm a huge Raheem Sterling fan, and you know, for, and if Harry Kane had, didn't bottle his move to City in the I summer, you in the group chat last night wasn't the biggest Raheem Sterling fan until he scored. That was until he. <laughs> um, I mean, if 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 say um, Marcus Rashford was in Raheem Sterling's form at the moment, or um, Foden or Grealish was in his form at the moment, they wouldn't be in the squad, would they? There'd be, you know, that would be an, that would be the opportunity for Emil Smith Rowe, for example, to come in, or even maybe call it Conor Gallagher. But you, you look at kind of Pickford, Maguire, Sterling, Kane. That that although they might not be in the best club form, that's been England's spine since Southgate took over. Yeah, but at the same time, you're just thinking. I mean, I mean, Southgate isn't afraid to drop important players to him. He's dropped Trippier. He's, he dropped Walker for nine months for no reason. Um, but it's different to dropping the captain, though, isn't it? It is, it is, but at the, at the, at the same time, you know, and, maybe, and the vice captain, <laughs> but at the, at the same time, you know, how long do we let? Yeah, I mean, Harry Kane might be re, re, reinvigorated under Conte, who knows? But at the same time, how long do we let this go on for? Because he's not, he hasn't been playing especially well for England either, um, since the, since the season began, in my opinion, Harry Kane. Um, Raheem Sterling's been. I was better. fuming when that shot went in against Poland because he did fuck all for the entire game and then just smacked one from thirty yards. <laughs> and what was it? Didn't he come on and take a penalty 
in September. Bamford yeah, literally, literally, Bamford had the worst service ever for 60 minutes. Kane comes on and immediately scores a penalty. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's a bit bitter, isn't it? Um, I mean, for, for me... I don't, for, don't know what you mean. I, 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 no, I, I completely agree with you, though. <laughs> I want to see Tammy Abraham play these two games. I don't mm. think we need to play Harry Kane. Harry Kane's not in the right form. You need, and you know why not? And you know we're not gonna experiment too heavily in these games because the squad isn't built for that. But we should be experimenting a bit more um, because it's it's Albania and San Marino. For God's sake, we can afford it. Um, but uh, we will take this as an opportunity to move on. Um, we'll quickly touch on Barcelona, uh, considering this is becoming a podcast all about managers and managerial situations. Um. As we know, Ronald Koeman sacked um, at the weekend. Um, Barcelona hero Xavi has been linked with the job, but he's currently manager of Al Sadd in Qatar. Uh, but they are refusing to release him from his contract uh, because they've got the Asian Champions League finals and important games in the end of their season first. Um, I mean, it's a pretty much a given that Xavi's going to get that job at some point, isn't it? Yeah, Um I think this was touched on last week, but obviously you want to hear. But um, I think Xavi, he doesn't have the right experience for them. No, and I think the only reason they're appointing him is because the fans will find it harder to be pissed off when things keep not going their way. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, I mean, we've seen you know this kind of trend of appointing club legends kind of become more apparent. So Solskjaer at United, this virus of appointing club legends, stupid. And I'm, sure, I'm sure you'll be. I'm sure you'll be saying that when um, Bielsa gets sacked in January and you're appointing, I'm trying to think. <laughs> Jermaine Bamford. <laughs> I thought you were going to at least come up with someone with some, you know, half a brain cell. I was. I was just trying to think. I was He's the thickest, to... most football league striker you could have named. My mind was going real. Go back for Simon Grayson again. I'll bring Simon Grayson back. Come on, that's what we want to see. Or just get your, or just get bloody Warnock from Middlesbrough getting back in the frame. Fuck that. <laughs> Being there, done that. Allardyce is available. Allardyce is available. Rather die. <laughs> you, you, you're not coming up with anyone good here, I'll be yeah. honest. To Monte Visto, as um, our good friend Jack Hopkins says. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Barcelona hiring Xavi is a given at this point. Um, I am still firmly of the opinion that should, if, if they want to be taken seriously, they should just go get Marcelino from Bilbao. He's done a brilliant job in various um, jobs in Spain, very much like NSA Valverde, who they hired, and he was a brilliant manager for them before being sacked. Um, sacked very unfairly, in my opinion. But we will move on um, to previewing the weekend in the Premier League. Um, everyone's favourite uh, time uh, of the podcast. I'd imagine because we just chat shit about clubs we don't really care about for most of it. Man United uh, are shit and they're losing seven nil. Um, we'll, 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 we'll That's my to, shit talking done. <laughs> we'll come to the Greater Manchester rivalry match at the end, <laughs> but we'll start. We'll, we'll go through it in chronological order. Apart from that one, uh, so the Premier League action kicks off Friday eight pm, um, which we're hoping this podcast is out by. Uh, Southampton versus Aston Villa. Um, so we, we touched on it earlier about, uh, very briefly earlier about Dean Smith and his situation at Villa because um, he's under a bit of pressure at the moment. They've had four losses in a row. Um, most recently, 
<laughs> he's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Leeds thing at me on camera. Um, most recently, was it four one lost to West Ham? Yeah, wonderful. You know, I mean, this is a club who spent hundred million pounds in the summer. Um, I wonder where they got <laughs> that um, on Leon Bailey, Danny Ings, and Emiliano Buendia. Um, three great signings. No one, I think, no one was complaining at the time. Um, but it just hasn't worked out for them. You know, everyone was expecting them to kind of join that kind of seventh battle for seventh race, really, weren't they? And they've just failed to impress. I think the the league's got better as a whole, while Villa have just kind of got a little bit worse. You know, they were, they were very much, you know, yeah, Grealish fair. and run with it. That, that, that were their entire basis of the last season. They've lost him and they're absolutely screwed. But if you look at the table now, like, <clears throat> let me just get it up. So literally you've got 17th place on 10th on 10 points and 7th on 16. There's six points between the relegation zone and Europe. You know, the, there's a lot of shit. <laughs> with which we're definitely a part at Leeds, but, you know, Villa in 15th doesn't bode very well. Um no, they're in for a struggle of a season. Um, and it's worth pointing out, uh, Dean Smith, uh, he's at risk of losing his job. It's, it's not said to be serious at the moment, but they, there has been informal talks with Paolo Fonseca, whose agent is having a brilliant uh, couple of months, uh, getting him linked with every single job that becomes available in Europe um, after a pretty unimpressive spell at Roma. Um but Southampton, uh, I mean, the kind of, this is kind of two clubs in the same situation, really, both in the lower half, lower part of the table. Um, you're needing to get a couple of wins together, really. Um, I mean, Southampton are more natural to, or they seem more natural to it. Uh, but Villa, you know, first season back in the Premier League, they, you know, should have really been relegated if um, Hawkeye worked. Um, we all remember that goal that wasn't a goal um, against Sheffield United. Um Last season, they did really, 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 really well. Um, finished 11th. Um, but then this season, they've just felt so impressed since losing Jack Grealish. Um, and it's been absolutely beautiful to see, I'm on a, if I'm honest, after all the crap uh, we at City and City fans took off Villa fans this summer. Oh, Jack Grealish isn't leaving. There's your 100 million. Go and spend it, lads. And uh, you've only managed to have those three for half an hour of football together. So I'm just laughing at you, really. Um, but the main problem for Villa has been defence. I mean, last season, only City and Chelsea kept more clean sheets. Yet this season, only Norwich and Newcastle have shipped more goals. Um, We've not shipped more goals than them. No, this is according to The Athletic. Um, goals you know, in Bloody hell. Yeah, I mean, yeah they've, con- they've conceded one. Um, oh, two more than us. Yeah, bloody hell. You go, there's not great. Yeah, um, so, so a quick prediction for that. I think that's going to be like a 2-2 two, two or something. 2-2, two, two, but um, I hope Southampton win because I yeah. don't like Villa. <laughs> well, um, well, as I said, we'll come back to United versus City. Um, so the 3pm kickoffs, Brentford versus Norwich. That just stinks of two teams who try to play good football who don't do it very well at the moment. Norwich are going to win that game. Brave. That's I my... Mean, Brentford have had like a couple of losses in a row now. They're going to win a game eventually, and Brentford are, you know, quietly slipping down the league. <laughs> After an impressive start, it's all kind of the Premier League has come home, really, and the reality's hit them now. Um, and they've got a few injuries um, as well. Uh, and David Raya, their keeper, is out for 
four or five months with a knee injury or something, I think. Um, so they've really got to... They're come. finished without him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know how good Alvaro Fernandez is, um, but I don't think he's as good as David Raya. <laughs> Definitely not, no. Wesker would have kept him for the season. Uh, Chelsea versus Burnley. I mean, that's just going to be a Chelsea win, isn't it? Burnley, you know, they've they got their first win, uh, but Chelsea just look undefeatable at the moment, really. Yeah. Apart, obviously. Chelsea can play shit and put the second team out and still convincingly win games at the minute. It's the same as Man City. You know, there's there's two starting 11s that could probably win the league. Like, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think Chelsea have to win that, but I think it might be a bit nervier. Um, a bit like that Brentford game they had. Yeah. Tight, tight win, but they'll do it. But they'll do it. Um, Palace versus Wolves. I mean, that's just two teams who play good football, play it rather well. Kind of everyone likes them at the moment. I would say Palace versus Wolves. Vieira, <laughs> um, they'll be on a high after that 2-0 win at Manchester City last week. <laughs> um, that, that has 2-2 written all over it. Yeah. And that's my actual pr- prediction for that game, I think. Um, uh, Conor Gallagher, Wolves Zaha. Um, uh, I think Eze might be back for that as well. Uh, Barry Eze making his he first He won't be pick. playing, though, if he's just coming back, will he? I, I, oh, you I, don't I, think he'd start? I think he might get off the bench. Um, mm. Versus Newcastle. Um, Newcastle could finally have their new manager in place, but I don't expect it'll change much. I expect the Brighton win there because Brighton... Look very, very good this season. Um, yeah. In Potter. Yeah, they've had a brilliant start to the season and Newcastle haven't. So <laughs> um, I think, yeah, that's Brighton on 16 points, Newcastle on four. So and that's uh, only going one way. I don't. Th- I, th- I think that could be a two or three nil. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty comfortable win for Brighton at the Amex. Uh, Arsenal versus Watford. Um at least we'll get a good vlog out of it on the cycling GK. <laughs> yeah, that, that that could be a drab nil-nil, couldn't it, there? <laughs> but, um, yeah, Arsenal have been in a quite a good run of form. Um, we were victim to that in the round of 16 in the Cup the other night. But, um, yeah, they've beat... In, back-to-back, they've beaten Villa convincingly, Leeds convincingly, and Leicester convincingly. So, you so, Watford. Yeah. They're in, I think they're in the relegation zone in 18th, or they're just above They are it. above Leeds. Oh. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, they're, they're not in the relegation zone. Let me just get it back up. Uh, Premier League table. Oh, you, you've thrown me here. Um, Watford are in 16th, Leeds in 17th, Burnley in 18th. Right. Um, well, oh, I expect But they're win. losing. <laughs> I expect to come to a win for Arsenal, but um, Everton versus Spurs um, on the Sunday. Um, Everton got a lot of injuries at the moment. Uh, lost to Wolves two one on Monday Night Football. Um, it'll be Conte's first game back in the Premier League. Um, I we, so it's kind of a bit of an unknown, really. It could be a win for Rafa Benitez, but I'd probably expect a win for Spurs. And Spurs have a very good record at Goodison Park, if I remember yeah. correctly. Ninth versus tenth as well. That. Oh, oh well, the battle of the average. <laughs> that, 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 that is the best summary you could possibly give that game under. Like even a year ago, I, I don't think it's going to be a bit. Of, I don't think it's going to be a thriller that one. Um, no. but West Ham versus Liverpool, fourth versus second. This um, 
Klopp versus Moyes, both nominated for Manager of the Month by the Premier League uh, for the past month. Um, it could be a chance for West Ham, I think. Um, eh, no. <laughs> and that's wishful thinking, let's be honest. Um, I, they're in with a shout, but um, I'm just having a look. In the league, they've had one, two losses since May. Yeah, they look good. They look look brilliant. Declan Rice is on fire. He's already, at this point, on his best goal tally for a Premier League season. Well, fair play to the last. So, yeah. Um, So, it could be an interesting one, but Mo Salah's probably going to score from 30 yards and everyone's going to go, oh, isn't he great? No, he's going to score a penalty because he's a tapping metric. (laughs) No, but yeah, but, you know, best player in the world at the minute up against Aaron Cresswell. Yeah, yeah. That, that that sums up that game for me. <laughs> um, and then uh, before we get into the Manchester derby, uh, Leeds versus Leicester. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? I am very scared of Patson Dacca. Yeah, very, very, very scared. Um, uh, <clears throat> Leicester, uh, they've had a bit of an indifferent start to the season. Well, I don't want to say start to the season because we're now 10 games in. Op- optimism aside, I think we're in with a bit of a chance. I think we could get some out of this. I think we need to get something out of this at Leeds, but you know, they're, they've got four, they've had four more points than us, but everyone's forgetting we've already had quite a difficult, we had a very difficult start to the season. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they've played Arsenal and um Man City, yeah, I suppose we could say we've played Liverpool and uh, Man United already. So, you know, you swap that out for Arsenal and we might be level on points. Do you know what I mean? So, um, it's been very even, but um, we do leave a lot of space in behind and Pats and Dakers very, very fast. Yeah. And we might struggle slightly. I'm, I'm not expecting us to win, but I I think we we could nick something. I, I think... A, a draw, realistically, always the form of both teams. A result is definitely possible there for Leeds. And then we move on to the premier fixture of the weekend, which for some stupid fucking reason, Sky are broadcasting at 12.30 on a Saturday. Obviously, I'm talking about Manchester United versus Manchester City. Um, I mean, this is it's, it's one of, you know, the big fixes in the Premier League nowadays. Um it's such yeah. a selfish time for him to schedule it as well because they've got to think about the travelling fans, aren't they? You know, yeah. you know, yeah. all the Man United fans coming up from London to watch the game. You know, I, I mean, at least they're not having to. At least it's not a five thirty and they're rushing for the last train back from Piccadilly. <laughs> um, and and all the flights from Norway and Ireland as well. It's, you got a feel for the United fans. You really got a feel for them. Um, What's but, that, Petty? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, and you've got to think about the City fans as well. They've got to make that trek into Salford. It's not a very nice place to go. Um, <laughs> stinks. Um, but anyway... Stinks? That <laughs> all you could come up with? Pretty much. The swamp. Salford stinks. Swamp. Um, yeah, first Manchester derby without company, Silver, Aguero, all these kind of heroes of yesteryear. Um it should. It'll be. It'll be an interesting game. I mean, you know, I, I think. I think everyone but City fans are saying, "Oh, City are going to batter them five 0 like Liverpool did." 
And, you know, United, apart, apart from that uh, game against Spurs at the weekend, they are in woeful form at the moment and they are just relying on Ronaldo to get them out of situations. Solskjaer versus Pep. Solskjaer's won four, Pep's won three. It's a horrific record. <laughs> Last year, it was a nil-nil at Old Trafford, two-nil at the Etihad. A year before, season before that, it was a two-one at the Etihad, two-nil at Old Trafford. Season before, that's 18-19. Um, Solskjaer came in for the game at, was managed by the game at Old Trafford City won 2-0 um, as part of that 14 game win streak which won the league that year I mean and they're not yet out of a couple of cups as well on uh, the way. there was a one cup I, th- I, th- I think that's where they come from it might it might be a bit more even in the league what what one one cup one cup win um, and we've won two because you know two legged semi-final one year one leg another um so yeah city turned up in the carabao cup um against man united but they don't turn up in the league um i mean all all kind of logic suggests city are going to battle them because city are a better team they've got apart from um you know ronaldo up front i'd say no, actually yeah, actually include i'm going to be i'm going to be a, a dickhead here include every position on the pitch manchester city are better than manchester who is united. better than ronaldo up front Bill Foden, Jack Grealish. Who is better than Ronaldo up front? Give me a proper answer. De Bruyne. You can't claim that you're better up front when you don't have a striker on the books. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not giving that prick any credit. <laughs> As for the hobbit on the touchline, um, <laughs> I'm going to get so much shit for this off people. Um as for the Hobbit on the touchline, I mean, he, 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 he's, he's nabbed a few results when City just don't care on uh, City of looked shit. I mean, every single one of these wins, I've, I've watched it from, from about two minutes and I thought City aren't going to win this because they look shit. So I'm just, ho- I'm just hoping we can at least get to 10 minutes where I go, oh, City looking all right here. Um, but probably probably come 12.30 on Saturday, I'll be so drunk, I won't know what's going on anyway, um, as that tends to be my way to get through derbies now. Um, but City, I mean, they're in, apart from that Palace loss, they're in, and, um, oh yeah, the midweek um, cup knockout. I mean, they've been kind of mixed form, but they look brilliant in the Champions League last night against Bruges. Uh, 4-1 win, uh, Riyad Mahrez on the score sheet, Jao Cancelo three assists, who might be playing at right back as Carl Walker might have a foot injury. Um, I don't think there's any better time for City to be playing United, but I don't think there's any better time for United to be playing City. Um, because sit, I mean, it could just go either way. This game, I mean, I'm expecting the City to lose because it's the derby, and Pep just despite his rants after the game last night, um, he's never been one to show much emotion in it, uh, unlike Roberto Mancini and managers of yesteryear. Uh, but what do you think, Lee, uh, quickly on the derby? Uh, it's going to be close, isn't it? I mean, it might not be close, but the scoreline's going to be close. City will yeah. have all the ball and it'll probably end up being like a, not well, be- probably a, a 2-2 or something like that. It's, um, it's not going to be a 5-0 win for City. I, I think City need to score first. Yeah. It's, that's it. But I'll, I'll have a look as well and you look at not just goal difference because... you. You're miles ahead of them on goal difference. You've got a goal difference of 14, I think. They have a goal difference of four. But it's not like... In, in those derbies, it's built on your solid defence, isn't it, really? You know, 
try and score, but don't lose that game. They've conceded 15 goals. City have conceded six. Yeah. um, A dirty one-nil maybe like you had against Chelsea. Love that. I would love that. I mean, to be fair, we we battered Chelsea. We just didn't get the we just didn't get all the goals. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, this, the weekend should see a reuniting of John Stones and Ruben Diaz at the back. They haven't played together this season so far, um, which is interesting to say the least. Uh, but I hope we see that partnership uh, with America Laporte suspended. Um, as I said, Jacques Cancelo is probably going to be a right back, which means Zinchenko at left back. Um, and then picking a city midfield and attack is just the most difficult thing to do at the moment. Predicting what Pep's going to do because it could be. She put ten names in a randomizer and play whoever comes out. And you've got as much chance as doing it. For United, I think they'll probably stick with this five at the back thing they've got going on at the moment. Um, it's we worked for them against Spurs. Uh, they might have conceded two to Atalanta in the end, but it's probably the best way to get all their best players on the pitch and try and be a bit more defensively solid. And five at the backs do frustrate City, um, especially if they get, especially if the opposition gets a goal. Uh, but overall, I don't think it's going to be a kind of masterstroke, ma- a masterclass put on by City, even though it really should be. I mean, I just get the sense in the derbies we should be beating them five 0 every single time. I mean, it's Solskjaer for fuck's sake. I mean, I'm, I mean, it's why. Why? Why? Why have we got such a shit record against him? It's Two managers live rent free in his head. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it just—I don't know what it is. He, he plays differently mm. against Man United. It seems a lot more. And I mean, I know City pretty much do play keep ball, but it seems a lot more like keep ball to avoid the opposition scoring than it does keep the ball and try and create something when he's against these teams. No, all, all it takes is a ball up to Ronaldo and well, that's it. And it's uh city don't have the, um, the luxury of having a forward to do that with at the minute. Mm, I mean, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Uh, for one, I hope it's Kevin De Bruyne up front in that kind of false nine role. Um, it worked a lot last season. Um, he might be. He might not be in the best form himself, but I think it's the best way to kind of stretch the pitch. You know, get Phil Foden out wide on the left. Um, Gabriel Jesus, Raheem Sterling, or Raheem Sterling on the right, um, and then you get Bernardo and Gundogan in midfield doing their thing. And I think that's probably City's best chance of winning. Uh, but we'll wrap up my kind of mini rant there, and we'll wrap up the episode there um, on this episode of the Dugout.uk Football Podcast. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's been a pleasure as always. Great to be back after my absence. Any final words, Lee? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't prepared for that one. I thought you were done. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening. We'll have you again. Have you again listening soon?